G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Look around. Unless you're living in a bubble, temptation is all around you. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us cope. We need to flee temptation and not leave a forwarding address. Every temptation is an opportunity to flee to God. So when it's dangled in front of you, and yes, temptations will come to every Christian, better to shun the bait than to struggle on the hook. Don't nibble at the bait. Shun the bait. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. An old man who'd been walking with the Lord for many years was asked by a newer Christian, when will I get past temptation? When will I finally reach the point when I'm no longer tempted? The old man said, when you're dead. Well, maybe we can aim for being dead to sin. That's our goal today on A New Beginning as Pastor Greg Laurie looks at the Bible's most famous strong man. We'll see that he was strong physically, but he became weak in the face of temptation. a story of a guy that had everything. God's hand was on him in an amazing way. He had the potential to be one of the greatest leaders in the history of Israel. He was actually a judge over Israel back in these days. Israel was ruled by various judges. And so let's kind of learn a few things from the life of this incredible character. Uh, Point number one, he had a great beginning. He had a great beginning. He had superhuman qualities. Physically, no one was stronger than Samson. He was kind of like a superhero. And the thing is, he was a real guy. Now, of course, we always think of Samson and his long hair. And the reason he had the long hair is he had taken the vow of a Nazarite. And part of the vow of a Nazarite was to never cut your hair. The power was not in his hair. Thank God for that. (laughs) Otherwise, there's no hope for people like me. The power was in his commitment to God that was symbolized by his long hair. That's why his hair mattered. And not once did he feel the agony of defeat. For 20 years he experienced the thrill of victory. And I think that's where the deadly complacency began to set in because he thought, no one's gonna beat me. Well look, the devil is evil, the devil is wicked, the devil is perverse, but I'll tell you something, the devil is not. He's not stupid. And he knows how to bring people down. And so he's gonna watch you for a while. He's gonna observe you and he's gonna try to find your vulnerability, your Achilles heel. So Satan watched Samson and thought, well, I can't beat this guy in the battlefield because he picks up a bone on one occasion and kills a thousand Philistines, his enemies. On another occasion, he picks up the walls of a city and carries them for a few miles. Another time, he got into a fight with a lion and ripped its jaws apart. So you're not gonna beat this guy on the battlefield 
So the devil thought, I know how to get this guy. I'll get him in the bedroom. It'll be a sneak attack and he won't know what hit him. So that brings us to Judges chapter 16. I'm gonna read verses four to nine. By the way, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Afterward it happened that Samson loved a woman in the valley of Sorak, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said, entice him and find out where his great strength lies and by what means we may overpower him that we may bind him to afflict him and every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. That's a lot of money. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and how you may be bound so I can afflict you. Samson said, if they buy me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, I'll become weak like any other man. So point number one was, he had a great beginning. Point number two is, temptation comes in attractive packages. I'm sure that Delilah was a very attractive woman, for sure. And he, he's looking at her. And for temptation to properly work its magic, there must be a desire on our part. Point number three, for temptation to succeed, we must be a willing participant. Let me say that again. For temptation to succeed, you must be a willing participant. Because sometimes people will say, the devil made me do it. Really? I don't know about that. I mean, the devil may have tempted you. But the Bible says a man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and is enticed. So the temptor needs cooperation with the temptee. That's you. You have to check out what he's offering. You have to be interested in what he's selling. Point number four, moral compromise makes us vulnerable. Moral compromise makes us vulnerable. If Samson had not had this sinful relationship with Delilah to begin with, he would not have been in this mess. And this is usually how people fall. They think they can handle it. Uh, Judges 16, verse 15. Then Delilah pouted. Uh-oh. Secret weapon. She pouted. And she said, Samson, how can you say you love me when you won't confide in me? You've made fun of me three times now and still haven't told me what makes you so strong. So day after day she nagged him until he couldn't stand it any longer. Finally, Samson told her a secret. My hair has never been cut, he confessed. I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. And if my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he finally told her the truth. She sent for the Philistine leaders and said, come back one more time. She said, he's told me everything. So the Philistine leaders returned and brought the money with them. And Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. And she called in a man to shave off his hair, making his capture certain, and his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. And when he woke up, he thought, I'll do as I have before and shake myself free. Here's a powerful verse. Don't miss it. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. He didn't realize the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes and took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains and made him grind grain in the prison. Wow. What a sad story. If Samson had been running a race, he just fell and he fell hard. Here's one of the saddest statements in the Bible, verse 20. He didn't realize the Lord had left him. He not only lost the battle, he lost touch with God. And this is so typical of a person that is in a state of spiritual decline. Sometimes they're the last to know. 
And so that brings me to this point. Sin blinds you, then it finds you, then it grinds you. Look at verse 21. The Philistines captured him, gouged out his eyes, took him to Gaza, where he was bound with bronze chains and made to grind grain in the prison. So first sin blinds you. It blinds you. You don't see what is happening to you. You're rational. That's why you need Christian friends who will tell you the truth. Because listen, sometimes we have blind spots. We think, oh no, I see. No, maybe you don't see. And someone will say, you know what? I, I see this area in your life and you need to be extra careful here. And sometimes that's a very helpful thing. And you should thank God, by the way, if you have friends like that because you can be blinded. I know of men who have had great families, loving wives and children who leave them for some stupid fling with another woman. I also know of women who have done the same, even abandoning their kids in their quest to find themselves so that's the blinding factor of sin. You just don't understand. Then sin finds you. First it blinds you, then it finds you. There's euphoric excitement the first time you cross the line. The first time you do that thing you're not supposed to do, it's kind of, well, exciting. <laughs> but you're not thinking it through. You're not thinking about the repercussions of it that are about to come. Then sin grinds you. So first it finds you, then it blinds you, then it grinds you. Now he's grinding at the mill. Now you're reaping the consequences. You know that little drink turned into an alcohol problem. That other thing turned into a drug problem. That other thing turned into another problem. Little things turned into big things. And you're trying to figure out how did I get in this place? And I'm sure Samson wondered that as his hair was shaved off and his eyes were gouged out. But I love verse 22. And by the way, this is the life verse of all bald people. <laughs> However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. On more than one occasion I've read that verse and I've said, Lord, let it be unto me your servant. <laughs> so what is this verse really saying? It's saying that God gives second chances. Lord could have just said, you're done. I'm done with you. You're reaping what you sowed. But no, however, the hair of his head began to grow. Listen, there's hope even after you fail. It's great to have you with us today for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the U.S. We're considering the failure of Samson today as Pastor Greg brings us a revealing message called The He-Man with the She-Weakness. Let's continue. So Samson's hair began to grow back and guess what? His strength began to return. Slowly but surely he's feeling the strength in his body again. So one day the Philistines, his enemies, are getting together, worshiping their weird false god called Dagon. Dagon was half fish and half man. He was sort of like a merman. And they're getting drunk and having a great old time worshiping their false god. And someone comes up with a bright idea. Let's get Samson up here. Remember him? Let's bring him up to entertain us. Yeah, let's do that. Meanwhile, Samson's hair is growing out. They bring him upstairs to where they're all partying away. And they wanted him to entertain him. And boy, did he. He brought down the house. <laughs> because as he's going up there, he... He, he finds a young boy and he says, son, would you, my eyes are gone here, I can't see at all. Do me a favor, lead me to the foundational pillars of this temple for merman. 
And so the little guy leads him over and he puts one hand on one pillar and he puts another hand on the other pillar and he prays for strength and he pushes and the temple begins to collapse and the floors cave in. And when it was all said and done, he killed more Philistines on that day than throughout his entire life. So you say, well, all's well that ends. Well, yeah, but didn't end all that well because he died with them, didn't he? It could have ended much better. He could have been a great judge. He could have had a wonderful end. I mean, it could have been worse, granted. But uh, the Lord gave him a second chance. And so what do we learn from the story of Samson? Number one, it's better to shun the bait than to struggle on the hook. Don't nibble at the bait. Shun the bait. We need to flee temptation and not leave a forwarding address. Because every temptation is an opportunity to flee to God. So when it's dangled in front of you, and yes, temptations will come to every Christian, no matter who you are, no matter how long you've known the Lord, and you even think, I have victory in this area, probably the one area you think you have victory in will be the area you'll be hit in again. So you always keep your guard up, but don't even start nibbling at that bait. And I ask you right now, are you flirting with sin? Are you playing with fire? Watch out. Learn the lesson of Samson. But here's the thing. Some of you are saying, well, Greg, I wish I had heard this message you know, two years ago because I made some really bad decisions and frankly, I'm reaping the consequences of it. Okay, maybe you've done that. But God still gives second chances. And, and listen, your story doesn't have to end the way you may think it's going to end. Jesus can break the cycle of sin and turn your mess into a message. If you'll just say, honestly, Lord, I've messed up. I've, I've blown it. I've crossed the line. I've sinned against you. I am so sorry. God, will you give me another chance? Give me another chance. I think of parents that did a bad job parenting. And they weren't there for their kids. Maybe the guy walked out on the wife. Maybe the wife walked out on the husband. I don't know. But the kids didn't have their parents. And then they've been such a bad parent, they, they just kind of let the cycle continue and they don't remember birthdays and, and they don't show up for games that the kids are playing and they just blow it. And now they've done it so long, they're embarrassed to show up because they've blown it for so long and they just say, I, I, I can't fix it. No, you can't, but why don't you just start right now and just change your behavior? And why don't you just go and say to your child, I'm really sorry, will you give me a second chance? I think the problem is we just keep walking in that same cycle of sin and doing it over and over. Well, it's too late. I've gone too far down the road. It's never too late. As long as you are drawing a breath in your lungs, you can repent and ask God to turn it around. And some of you may need to do that today. And some of you might be a little earlier in the game. You're not quite there yet, but you're kind of playing with it. You're kind of toying with it. You're kind of getting too close to it. So let this be a warning back away and keep your distance from these evil things that can pull you down. And stay as strong as you can spiritually. But listen, there might be somebody here that just needs a second chance in life. And God gives second chances. And there might be somebody here that has never even put their faith in Jesus Christ yet. You don't even know what it is to have this relationship with God. You know, you came in here tonight, we're worshiping and you're thinking, I kind of like this, but I actually don't really know what's going on right now. But, but it's amazing. 
Well, what this is, is, is love for God that's being expressed. You've entered into a, a family gathering of Christians and maybe it's making you aware that you're not in the family. And, and we don't want you to feel left out and unloved. We want you to join the family. You say, well, I, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Who cares? It says nothing about what home you were born into. You're born again into the kingdom of God. That's how you join this family. Jesus said you must be born again. So you must say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin and I choose to believe in you. On our radio show, we unearthed an old audio cassette. Have you ever heard of a cassette before? <laughs> That's before we stream things. An old audio cassette of me giving my testimony when I was 24 years old. My voice was very high. I spoke very fast. I used strange late 60s, early 70s lingo. But I just was telling my own story, as you've heard me tell before, but it was on my high school campus seeing Christians worship that got my attention because I saw they had something that I did not have and I wanted that something. Because I never had a family growing up. Uh, you know, my mom was gone all the time. I never really had a dad. But I saw a family called the church and I wanted to get in that family and I joined that family in 1970, and I have never for one moment regretted that decision to follow Jesus Christ. Not once. And you can join the family. You can become a child of God, a son of God, a daughter of God by believing in Jesus. You say, what does that even mean? It means you have to admit you're a sinner, which isn't easy. To admit that we've fallen short of God's glory, we've broken His commandments, you need to realize Jesus died on the cross for your sin, and He rose again from the dead, and now that He stands at the door of your life and He knocks and says, if you'll hear His voice and open the door, He'll come in. So you have to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and forgive you of your sin. And if you haven't done that yet, you can do it right now. In a moment, we're gonna close with a prayer. And I'm going to extend an invitation for you to ask Christ to come into your life and join the family of God and have a fresh start. And I'm also gonna extend an invitation for some of you that need a second chance in life. You're a Christian, you know what's right, but you've messed up. And you need to get right with God. So you respond as you need to respond now as we pray together. Let's all bow our heads. Father, thank you for loving us so much. You sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sin. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and laying your life down. And now I pray for every person here and those listening. If they don't know you, Lord, help them to come to you and believe in you right here, right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer. And if today's message has inspired you to want to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg can help you do that right now. I think people are surprised that it doesn't take years to become a Christian. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take weeks. It doesn't take days. It doesn't even take hours. You can believe on the spot. And I would like to lead you in a prayer where you can ask for His forgiveness, a prayer where you can receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and Lord. 
So if you want Christ to come into your life, if you want him to forgive you of your sin, if you want a second chance in life, if you want to go to heaven when you die, stop what you're doing and pray after me. These words, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin and I turn from it now and I choose to follow you from this moment forward as Savior and Lord, as God and friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. And if you've prayed those words with Pastor Greg and meant them sincerely, the Bible assures us your sins have been forgiven. We're told the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we want to send some resource materials that'll help you in your new relationship with the Lord. We call it our New Believers Growth Packet, and we'll send it without charge if you've prayed for the first time today with Pastor Greg. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie offers strong encouragement for anyone who's ever stumbled in their walk with the Lord. Good insight for new believers and veteran Christians alike. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called The He-Man with the She-Weakness. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.